House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Okay, you are back in the House of Mystery, and we are at the interview part of the show. Um, so we have a special guest today. Um, I caught some of his books and uh, found them really interesting, and I, I'm glad that they're out there. So um, we are going to talk to the author. And uh, the one book I was interested in is called Rainbow Relatives, and the um, author is Sudai Karatis. Is that how you say it, Sud? It's close. It's Sudi and then Karatash. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, there's no H at the end, so no one's going to ever get that part right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Sudi Karatash. And I go by Rick sometimes to make it easier <laughs> for people. Yeah, I see that. So, well, where are you from? Like, what, what, um, where, how's that's a unique name? Yeah, it is. It's, from, it's a Turkish name, but it's not a common Turkish name. My dad was from Turkey. Um, my mom is Armenian, so they fought all the time. No, I'm kidding. She's, <laughs> she's American. They did fight, though. But anyway, um, they're... I grew up in New York, though, so my mom was from New York, my dad was from Turkey, and so it's a Turkish name, but not common, and I used to joke it was short for Sudrik, which it's not, but I got the nickname Rick from Sudrik, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, uh, Rick's not a very common name, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, now, you write these books. Um, now, this Rainbow Relatives, um, it's really um, how to talk to your kids about um, the gay community, really, gay f families and friends and, and all that sort of stuff. What made you actually get into writing a book about this? Yeah, it's funny, because I don't usually write books. I usually write scripts, or I was writing scripts and songs. Um, but I had the idea for that book, and actually I'm working on two other books now. But for that one, uh, several years ago, I was talking to my sister in Delaware. I'm in California. And um, about her kids who were young at the time, my nieces nephews and I was wondering if they knew about my orientation and um, and she said I think so I'm not sure I don't know how to approach that I wish there was a book on that and I said oh, that's a good idea so that night I came up with a kind of a title a corny title um, how to tell the kids about Uncle Mary and Aunt Butch and I figured now that's too silly but I wanted it to be humor that was always because I love you have to have you know humor and stuff um, and so then I just started interviewing people and um, getting stories from them. Um, and so everything from uncles and aunts coming out to nieces and nephews is one chapter. And it's done with a sense of humor. So that chapter is called uh, Your Uncle Wasn't In... No, There Was No Monster in Your Closet, But Your Uncle Was. Um, you know. And then there's... I talk to people who have uh, two moms and two dads, families, because those are becoming more. Um, and then uh, there's a chapter on when one parent turns out to be gay and comes out. So, But it's all about dealing with those issues or... or um, just topics with the kids, um, which a lot of times the kids don't have issues, it's the adults, which is kind of the irony of the book, but the book is for adults in speaking to kids on these various topics. And transgender also, there's a whole chapter on that. Um, how, so I, yeah. how do you find, uh, so, so you say the kids are pretty good, uh, so they respond pretty good to this kind of a conversation, probably easier than the parents. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And I think it's easier now, too, for, you know, this generation also than as opposed to 20 or 30 years ago. But um, so, and there's still things that the kids might see on TV that were different, you know, laws trying to be passed that kind of take away rights or things on religion. Oh, that's a big chapter. Yeah. 
uh, in the book, um, Pray the Gay Bashes Away, you know, but um, because a lot of people or interpret a religion a certain way and then they kind of, you know, sometimes use it as a weapon and not always, their intentions aren't always bad, but if kids are hearing that their family member is not good because of they're gay or lesbian or transgender, um, that's what the book helps with too in talking about some of those things that they might have seen. Um, and again, on TV though, there's a lot more positive things and a lot more, there's a lot more books, a lot more TV shows that address all that, so that does help as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so now your your father was um was Turkish you said, right? Yes. So how was that for your father uh it, for you to talk to him? Very good question cuz <laughs> you know, it's funny my okay, so my father's from Turkey which is conservative or was more again, they've changed a lot too in the last several years, but um and then my mother was from upstate New York and I mean that was even more conservative. So I you know, didn't um I came out very very late. I, you know, I kind of just suppressed it, suppressed it, and not till I was like in my mid twenties that I finally say okay, and um, admit to myself and all that. Um, and like I said, these days I think it's easier than it was twenty five years ago or thirty years ago. But um, giving my age away, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> you're only thirty. Come on. So, but it's funny. So when I finally taught you, like I was close to thirty when um, my mom was asking me all these questions. I finally finally came out, and they already, you know, kind of were probably knew already in a way so and they were both okay with it really um yeah they really you know were fine with it well it, it just that i i'm not sure but so was your was your father um what religion was he or did he not really follow one um he didn't really follow like his family he came from turkey so a lot of his family were muslim but mm -hmm. he didn't follow it i remember my grandmother would pray five times a day when she came <laughs> to visit they would fast and all that and um, and then my mother was Protestant, so but they didn't really raise us, you know. They decided we can decide, you know, what to follow and all that. So that yeah, so that didn't really. I interestingly, that's not one of the reasons I kind of suppressed it or or whatever for so long. It was. Um, and I grew up in Long Island, New York, so parts are conservative and parts aren't. You know, it just depends. And that's why there's people in a lot of states and places that it is very. It's still hard to come out, or or there's a lot more issues than there should be. But um, yeah. What do you find the, the 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 primary problems are for for children um, when explaining to them um, what it's you know the family member that's gay or something like that? So what do you think that the um, thing is that most concerns kids? Uh, sometimes it, well, it depends. Sometimes if it's a parent or a um, a parent, it's a little bit harder because they're in school or they're dealing with you know kids can be cruel or, or this or that and making fun or and this probably going to be a divorce so that's a big issue if, if that's going on if it's just about an aunt or uncle it's, it might just be a, um, a very innocent question oh you know who's that guy that's always with uncle um, Sam and so um, and then a lot of times they're not it's it's or they'll just and they don't have, like I said they don't have issues and it's um, you know so they just might notice something and have a question and the parent doesn't always know exactly what to say, and they, they might think they have to get them into more detail than they do. They don't have to get into detail of what goes on in the bedroom or anything like that. Just say, you know, Uncle Sam loves Uncle Sonny like, um, you know, your mom and dad love each other, or whatever the question the kids have. Or, um, And then a lot of kids today, or, or more kids, have two moms or two dads, so that's kind of... Um, other kids might ask good questions about that, like I, I made these little vignettes on uh, YouTube of for the book, and one of them was 
these two girls are asking the mother, Mom, uh, how do uh, those the two guys next door have a baby? How do they have a baby? Like, how? so that's an interesting question of how to answer that. But you know, there's ways of just again, they don't necessarily have to go into details of how babies are made. At some point, you do with your kids, but if they're just curious. How? Okay, they don't have a mom. How does that work? Or this, you know, and um, so. Hmm. What, so what do you? What's what is the biggest thing you want people to get out of your book? I think that a couple of things. One is to kind of come away that all families uh, matter and are important, and um, there are different kinds of families. And as long as there's love in the family, and they teach the kids to be good people and all that, that that's very important. And the other thing is. Um, Younger, well, some people feel they have to wait to talk about certain things with the kids, including this. And younger is better to talk to them so that they, because if you don't, it seems like maybe there's something wrong with it, or to be ashamed of, or whatever. So it's okay to have the conversations earlier. Most people that I interviewed in the book, almost like 90%, I think, said that. You know, like talk to the kids or answer their questions when they're younger, because as they get older, they can form those. Uh, prejudice or whatever or something they see on TV or something so I think those are the two main things um, I got out of it because I had fun interviewing all kinds of people I interviewed even uh, a couple of like celebrities like Shelley Wright who's the country singer who came out quite a few years back in Nashville which is a very hard place mm. to come out and I thought she lives in New York now so there's probably hardly any issues she said no sometimes you know she'll be holding hands with her wife and a couple of looks or whatever and there was one business that gave her a Hard time. So it's surprising that some places you don't expect any issues. Sometimes there are, and um, so. But yeah, I learned. And, and I think also transgender. Like I said, there's a whole chapter on that. And I think that's they're probably the most least understood people. So I think that hopefully people will learn a lot from that chapter. I interviewed quite a few people there, and I learned a lot as well. Hmm. Um, quite often, the transgender is placed right in with the gay community. I don't know that it always should be. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it is because, you know, uh, different or they get discriminated or this and that, but it's almost uh, even more so, I think. They get more, I think there's more, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's more yeah. obvious, right? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And um, and it's just for some reason there's even more, you know, hatred sometimes or more. Um, and again, if you don't understand why they're doing it, um, it's not hurting you. So why I don't know why people get have that hate towards a group of people that... Um, you know, are just trying to be happy or follow what they they feel. And the people I interviewed, that's it's, their feeling is so strong that they're in the wrong body that they need to be. Um, I, I, I kind of want to say the other sex, but to them, they feel whatever they feel. That's what they are. Um, so yeah, it, that I learned a lot from that. And um, um, yeah. So, did you, did you, again? I used. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, did you get to interview some some kids that were maybe in the transitioning themselves? Into being a, a transgender. Um, I actually that's interesting. I interviewed a son of someone who was trans had a transgender father. Um, did I interview anyone? And I had people fill out surveys online too. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone if I covered that really or not. Um, no, but I did work. I did work with some people who were transitioning. Um, and I, I do a little catering here and there and stuff. And one or two people. Um, oh, I did it, man. I did interview. No, I interviewed someone who was like um, non-conforming, I guess. So they kind of consider themselves kind of a little of each. Um, 
and I interviewed her, but she said that was an adult. I don't know. I think you mean kids, right, or some teenagers. Yeah, I was just uh, sort of thinking yeah. that, you know, with uh, what it was like, you know. Yeah, I didn't interview too many teenagers and stuff, but what was interesting, we went to the um, Santa Monica High School. I went with a friend who was a pastor, and he went there to speak about kind of religion and LGBT and how they can can go together or don't necessarily have to conflict, but I think it was 10th graders, and it was so interesting just to hear the questions they asked, how different their perspective was from like 20 or 30 years ago. 30 years ago, and, um, you know, it was really interesting, like, how far we've come in a way. Um, ironically, it's, when the book came out, you know, I, hoping in a few years there wouldn't be a need for the book, and now it seems like some things have gone backwards and there's more of a need for it, but, um, yeah. Hi, Sue, do you, when, when children develop, um, you know, different ages, different times, individuality, etc. You know, we adjust our language and how we explain things to them. Do you do you cover that in the book? A little bit, yes. In fact, there is one chapter called Thoughts from Therapists, because even though most of the book is about, like, just everyday people and their stories, like mm -hmm. real stories, um, and I think a couple of them do address that a little bit on, yeah, the language you use, and um, especially, like, you know, if someone says something negative about... Um, gay people or something, how to address that. You know, you don't need to make them wrong and, and, and evil or whatever, but you, there's a way to address that. But yeah, language is important. Um, uh, depending on the age, like you said, and I think there's a little section there is where if they're from three to five years old, if they're like seven to ten, a little bit differently how you would um, talk about certain things. And then there's also expressions, I don't know if this is along the lines of what you're asking, but yeah, it's not really, but it reminded me of it. Um, you know, kids will sometimes say, oh, that's so gay, which yeah. doesn't sound bad in some ways, um, but because they're saying it in a negative way, like whatever they're saying is gay, it's a negative thing usually, oh, that's so gay. So that's, a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of schools are, are learning that and to kind of telling the kids, you know, that's not good to say that and stuff. So so the, everyone's language is kind of sometimes important. And I mean, again, I don't want to take too, I think sometimes we should be able to kid about certain things um, without... Um, you know, sometimes the intention is not bad. So, but if you point out that, okay, your intention isn't bad, but that can be taken this way. So, and again, a lot of times, well, kids, you know, it depends on the age of the kids. Uh, they're funny as kid when they, like, even kids who have two moms or two dads, they seem to be okay with it. Then they hit like uh, junior high school, and they get a little different because, well, all junior high school kids are embarrassed by their parents no matter what, or you know. So, but when it's if they're gay or lesbian and stuff, it's a little bit harder sometimes. So they kind of. Um, and then they get older again and they're fine with everything, you know. So it's, I mean, that's just mm. kind of being a, a kid and a teenager. Um, did that answer your question? I'm trying to, th I, I kind of. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I was just thinking about the psychology of um, development and how, um, especially when it comes to teenage, um, the teenage brain, and uh, and when, when young people are corrected or um, I suppose when they're, when they may find out that maybe a parent is gay, that, that that hasn't been an issue in the household, not been raised before, and suddenly there's this great big elephant in the room where where mum or dad have come out, and how they how we communicate with that teen uh, at such a fragile time of their life, and how different that could be. Yeah. But, but it's it's interesting that um, your, your research is, is focused on the adult experience as opposed to the children that are transitioning or wanting to transition? 
Yeah, it's more for parents on how to speak to kids about these different issues. And then I do recommend in the book certain books that deal more specifically with certain subjects. You know, it's this more of a generalization on all these different topics and things. So, but for something like that too, the, there's other books that aren't on specific subjects and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's for although a lot of people say even though this is for adults and talking to kids, a lot of people that bought it were kind of their son or daughter had come out and they found the book very helpful just with all these different um, topics and stuff. So, yeah, it wasn't... There, I'm sure there are books that more specifically deal with kids who are gay or coming out or transitioning. This is more for just the parents you know, talking to kids about certain things in those areas. Um, actually, there was a woman that came to a book signing in Long Island and she'd asked a question like, he's being gay, like a choice, or that kind of a question. I said, mm -hmm. no, you're pretty much born that way. But when she came up to get her book signed, she told me why she asked me that. Her granddaughter had just come out as lesbian. She's 15. And the grandmother herself was trying to... She was having a hard time with it. She came from a generation, you know, that just didn't of course. get that. So that was good. She was there at least trying to understand it and getting the book. And So that, that's all you can do is, is kind of help, um, yeah, open people's eyes about things or look at it in a different way. You know? So after, after educating parents in how, how to... Um, not create monsters in effect in children who um, who are um, very biased and judgmental of others. Um, you're you're giving them language to use to help young people to understand and help parents to understand how to best communicate this stuff to the kids. Going forward, do you think it, it would be maybe a, a, another topic for you to, or another project for you to? do a book about how parents understand the needs of their children when they come out as gay or trans or? Um, yeah, that could be a whole... I know there's one chapter uh, called Daddy Left Mommy for Tommy, which is about when a parent turns out to be gay. So it's just the one mm -hmm. chapter. And I think there's even books more specifically to that, which I recommend in, in, the, in my book. I'm trying to remember what they are right now, but um, it could be. I, don't, I mean, I'm not... I spoke with a lot of people, got their real stories. You know, I'm not an expert on that, so I could do the same thing and talk to other people. Although I do have a lot of other projects, I'm, scripts and, and other things that I'm working on now. But I, I think there are some books on that, and I'm sure there's some people writing similar. Uh, you know, it's funny, even since I wrote my book, I know a few other books that have come out that are just good books on uh, all these kind of topics. And But what was when I started writing it, I kind of looked around to see if there was a book like the one I was trying to write. And there really weren't too many, uh, or hardly any, you know. But my sister told me about, there's a lot of good books to read to kids about um, LGBT families. So in other words, when you read your kids' books, a lot of people just read the, old, the regular stories and the fairy tales and this and that. And so kids don't grow up hearing about other kinds of families. It's just these one, two moms, two dads. That, I mean, I'm sorry, mom, dad, and the kids, and, and that's it. And, not, and there's a lot of single families, divorced families. So there's a lot of books that there's a woman, Leslie Newman, who wrote Heather Has Two Mommies. Actually, she was like the first person I interviewed. My other sister to, uh, mentioned her. Oh, the, And so I interviewed her, and um, she's got like 20 or more books about just different kinds of families that you can read your, your kids when they're young. So they you know, see that you know, there's all kinds of families, and, and again, love is the most important thing in all families. You know. I think it's, um, it's interesting. As you were talking there, I was thinking about historically we would be supporting people to not judge difference and to accept people's differences 
And I think going forward, and, and we've come such a long way, and I, and I totally accept what you said earlier, that some, in some ways it seems that we, we, we go 10 steps forward and a few back. But they, they um, now it's not really about accepting difference, because why, why would we put anybody who has a different um, orientation from our own as being, inverted commas, different? Um, it's it's the, the orientation that they were born with. That's not a different because a different has a negative connotation. So even over the last kind of couple of, um, I suppose about 10 years, that, that moving from us as adults, you, you know, talking about respecting difference in people, to moving that to respecting individuality and individual um, preference is, is really a powerful move. Yeah. I mean, that goes for cultural differences, too, from different people from different countries, even, and things like that. Absolutely. You should be understanding just of everyone. And You're right, the word different, it's, it's actually different, it's good to be different uh, in some ways, but I, it definitely does have that negative connotation sometimes, And it's but that's what makes the world so exciting for everyone, which is exactly the same <laughs> if you're boring, yes. right? If we, if we reframe it to, we celebrate difference, yeah. so we have LGBTQ parades, etc., because we celebrate difference. And, um, you know, whites, in inverted commas, straight people will be a part of that parade um, because that's about us all being different in some ways as individual human beings. But when you say, as in, we need to be respecting difference, that then that carries the negativity, doesn't it? As if somebody's different, so therefore we have to work really hard at respecting that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've... I've um, I've, I live in the UK. I've been to um, a, a few um, LGBTQ groups recently and uh, with a family member. And uh, I was very lucky and, and I think very humbled at just watching the adults and young people who attended this, this family group day, completely seeing people go from people that are anxious not quite understanding where they fitted in, um, being treated as different, and in some cases problematic, and hearing their stories about how they are just relaxing themselves for that period of time that they walk into that building. They are absolutely at ease with each other and with themselves. And I remember one young person saying, you can ask me, she said this to another young person, you can, you can ask me anything you want because there is nothing I've not been asked and there's nothing that you will embarrass me with and it can be as personal as you want because you need to be at ease. And I thought, wow, what a, what a powerful statement from a young person. How insightful is that? And so, so to see that changing in, in young people and the adults that were present um, in, in that group, was phenomenal. It was really powerful. You just reminded me of when you, because your groups, there's a lot of groups that also help, like PFLAG is friends and families of um, kids, uh, of gay, gay and lesbian children. It's Collage, which is for kids who have gay parents. And so there's a lot of organizations that also mm -hmm. help, um, you know, with activities and just so they know they're not alone and there's other people uh, similar. So I, I forgot to mention that there. Um, and also, like, Glisten, which helps with the schools. And, um, yeah, so the, I, I mentioned those in the books, too, and I, they're great organizations. I have a, I have a friend who was, um, who was married to a, a female and um, later came out, they had a little girl, later came out as gay. And there was this awkward moment for a class teacher 
fairly recently and, and the little ones now she's got to be 10 and the teacher said well she said i need to make two father's day cards and the teacher said well well why why would you need to do that because I, i'm really really lucky and i've got two father's day cards because my mum loved my dad and my other dad and i thought that was such a, a great no that's no sorry three father's day cards she asked for because she oh. asked for a card for dad a card for dad's partner a male and a card for her stepdad oh there are you. the teacher was like what's this what why is that yeah. and she, because i have all of these really brilliant people in my life and it was just such a nice um you know clearly she 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 had to understand that that dad um had had uh, was no longer able to continue his relationship with mum and then um then you know was in a relationship with another male and and she totally got it because of the way it was it was discussed with her and how she was part of that process and she was able to completely advocate for um her situation not being odd at all when it came to it in school that gave me chills when you told me that story actually <laughs> that's, that's sweet yeah it's it's, it's um it's just i think um I think it, it mirrors what you're, you're what you're saying and what your book is about. If this is um, if we if we don't make such a negative big deal about um, people having um, different or being of a different orientation, preferring different sexual orientation, however you want to frame it, and just respect people's individuality as as people, it um, it becomes a norm. It's when we don't allow it to be a norm that becomes a problem. Right. Hmm. Well, I'll never be a norm. <laughs> well, no, that's... Okay, so I take everything back because everything that relates to Al is, is absolutely all true. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think this is great. I think it's great that you've done this book because years ago um, when when I was young, there was nothing like this and there was nothing to go to for parents if they wanted to go, you know. So um, do, do you think that um, political correctness is... is are you worried about being pulled into that? Well, it's funny you because you, you kind of it feels like you have to watch yeah everything you say and do and it's like like I was saying I think sometimes you you know it's okay to joke about that. that's you know lightheartedly or whatever and and it, it depends yes yeah, some uh, it's hard you know like yeah I have mixed feelings on certain things like even mm. um, but you know even the stereotypes like in my movie. <laughs> The movie Walk Among My Pradas that I have, it's humor, it's comedy, so there are some stereotypes in it, and you know it's not meant to be taken too seriously, um, but always a few people will, you know, and um, and again, if something is, you know, some people are just mean and 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 say things, hurtful things, and especially if there's young kids or kids or or people who are very sensitive to certain things, it's gonna, you know, so there is something to it, you, you know, you wanna, um, but um, yeah. I think yeah. Human- is perfectly healthy isn't it between people you know, if you have a relationship with somebody and you understand the, con- the the context that's going to be received in it's perfectly acceptable isn't it i mean it's, it's, it's no different in any relationship you know, i've got no common sense at all but i'm an educated woman and my husband's nickname for me is div which you know and when you're out and about and he oh it div People think diff just means somebody who's thick. It's like an English. <laughs> and uh, and I said, what do you mean div? And he'll shout that out, you know, quite loudly. And people must think, she's take. What's she taking that for? You know. But I'm 
qualified woman, a professional working woman, and that, I don't think <laughs> live at all. Is, is that so, like Archie Bunker calling Edith a dingbat, or is that different? <laughs> quite similar. So it's uh, so these things are perfectly okay, aren't they? I mean, I, the, the, the young person I was talking about earlier when I took to a group was my son. So um, and and I say son currently and see this is where we get caught up in language isn't it and what we mean and what's correct and what's not correct so he's biologically assigned male and wants to transition but is not ready to make the full transition yet okay. so he's happy to be called you know his name and and that his son and i will say to him oh you're such a girl when he's when he when he laughs about something or he gets a bit giggly over something oh you're such a girl and he'll do you just laugh at me he knows it's not not um, any negative connotation. In fact, actually, if that was in a um, in a playground, we might say, "Well, that's just really horrible." In the same way as you might say, "Oh, you're so gay," or so you know, "You're such a girl." You know, what does that mean? Mm. So, um, but it actually reinforces that I'm perfectly okay and accepting of the fact that he wants to he wants to transition and he and he feels female. So it's, um, you know, I think it's all about context, isn't it? And uh, yes. as long as you're not harming somebody or deliberately trying to insult somebody. Exactly. And it's okay to get the language wrong, isn't it? You know, we're, we're, there are so many different orientations that people are now being able to express and, and we can relate to that, you know, we, we, we will get it wrong at times. Right. And I, I think it's okay. Like I said, intention is, is and, you know, it's there. Yeah. Because uh, I see that sometimes with some you know, it, yeah. It's, you know. Well, yeah. I don't understand the anger uh, myself uh, it, when you get things wrong, because you know I'm a gay man myself, and I could. You, you might say he when they don't want to be called he, and you get this venom venom thrown right. at you because it's it's like well, that's crazy. Um, so last uh, last thing I want to do is hurt someone or offend them. I, how am I supposed to know? Is is kind of the question. Uh, it's it's not always obvious. But you know, but we give a lot of power to these words. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's sort of a thing for me. Uh, your movie. Um, so, uh, how did that come about? Um, yeah, I wrote and produced it um, with Tom Archdeacon. Uh, Welcome, on my Pradas, and it's on Amazon Prime now. It's free. We. I mean, we shot it quite a while ago, and it came out. It was on Netflix a couple of years, and it's been out for a while. But we had Tom Arnold and Dee Wallace and Mike Starr, Bruce Valanche, Jason Stewart, a lot of fun people in it. And I thought of the idea just before I moved to California. I moved here like 18 years ago, and then I and then I wrote it and rewrote it, and then uh, we were going to try to have a big studio do it, and then we said let's do it ourselves, and then we're going to get this big huge budget, and then we didn't, and we did it for the budget we got, and. So it's a, but it's about yeah a guy, it's kind of like Freaky Friday with a gay straight twist. Um, a macho homophobic construction worker gets his sexual orientation switched with his gay coworker two weeks before his wedding thanks to some Christmas magic. So um, it's kind of like a, sort of a holiday film also, and um, but just a kind of a wacky comedy where the main character learns a lesson of you know what other people go through that he'd been making fun of you know all his life, and. Um, so, yeah, we shot it in L.A., um, had a lot of good people helping us. Um, and then, uh, oh, Dee Wallace, I don't know if I mentioned her, she played the mom of the main character. And Nathaniel Marston played the main character. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. He did a great job, though, and a great guy. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it's, uh, had, you, had you seen it or not? I don't remember. No, I haven't. I just heard about it now, and I, and Tom Arnold, I've um, met before. I kind of know him, but I never um, watch his movies. <laughs> Not that I won't. Well, I just <laughs> this one's free on Amazon. So um, oh. He did a good job. We had him a couple of days, but we make it look like we had him for two weeks. And um, he improvised a little bit, which is good. And um, he was a good sport. And he actually um, liked the projects because his um, brother is gay, and and he helped his brother fight for marriage rights in Iowa, which we didn't know that when we asked him to play the role, and I uh, found that out later. And uh, so he was really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. You find out things about people that he's not real public about a lot of his stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, so so where are you going to go from here? What, what's next? Um, so what happens now? Is that <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I don't sing. Oh, I like, no, it's and, an album. <laughs> what's that? I said, oh, no, it's an album coming yeah. out. Um, well, I'm working. I'm trying to shoot another film. Well, again, everything's on hold now because of corona obviously but um we have another film called a family a totally different film family inspirational called charlie's dream which uh jolie fisher's going to direct and we have letters of intent from john schneider and olympia dukakis and um um we have i want to get dolly parton in that uh, as herself and it's just a nice inspirational family film uh with a lot of country music in it so totally different from the welcome on my pradas so that's the next big project i'm trying to do um, I have another book I'm almost done called How Catering Sucked the Life Right Out of Me. Um, so that's kind of just a funny with a lot of experiences. And I have a gift humor book I'm working on that hopefully will come out in a calendar later this year. For It's a humor with, for pet lovers, kind of. Uh, so all sorts of stuff. And I got some Christmas songs I've been writing. I'm going to do videos to those. Um, I did a few of those last year, and they're on like YouTube and stuff, and those are kind of fun. Um, one was called All I Want for Christmas is Some Sleep, which I'm sure a lot of people relate to around that time of year. But um, So, yeah, I'm always writing. i got so much material, it's just getting it out there. Um, and uh, so, But those are the main things I'm, I'm trying to do now. Uh, yeah, well, a lot busy. of... Busy guy. Busy guy. How, how did you get into all this stuff? Like, what, Is it just something that, like when you um, are writing and stuff, how are you inspired? So I'm inspired all over the place, but um, it, I, I went to school for business and marketing, but I really did, then I decided I want to do acting, and I did a little tiny bit of that in New York and stuff. And I had always write, written like songs when I was like in my teens. I'd be writing lyrics to songs, and then I'd learn to play a little guitar. I still can't play at all, really. But um, but I started writing songs and then sketches. I never thought I would write a whole script or a whole book. I just you know wrote whatever came to me. Um, and then after I wrote the first script, it, while I was trying to get made, I just kept writing other ideas. I mean, I get ideas half in my sleep. I'm half asleep, and I'll wait. You know, I have to pull out the phone and record it, otherwise I'll forget. Um, or I'll be driving or at the gym. That's when ideas just hit or whatever. Um, and just, weird, like, it depends. Like, I saw an article in a paper said uh, $5,000 pay for... Uh, to, uh, for depression, people with depression to test a new drug. So I just thought, oh, that'd be funny if some guy just wanted some money, so he pretends to be depressed to take part in this study. And I wrote a whole script around that called uh, Sinking Low. And um, he's doing it to get his girlfriend a ring 
for an engagement, but she doesn't know that and gets mad that he's pretending to be depressed and leaves him, and then he really gets depressed. So, I mean, that just came from a stupid little article in the paper. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I get all ideas, you know. Um, some of them I clearly remember when and how I thought of the idea. And, and other things, I, I've written it down, and I'm like, hmm, when, when did I even write that thing down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, I know that. Careful That's... when you stay around me, because it'll be... <laughs> A movie or a, or a song. <laughs> well, you can you can make a movie about me. See, I'm 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 I've just turned fifty eight. So, and the thing is that uh, I just learned this year what a fluffer was. Really? Yeah, I, I had no idea what it was. We did a show about something, and someone was had was a fluffer, and I was like, "What what is that?" And everyone laughed at me. And so then I I found out what it was, and I thought, "How come I didn't know there was such a great job when I was young?" Like, I, 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 this is crazy. I, I feel like I've been robbed. I don't remember. I was, I was older before I knew what that was too. But I mean, I think I might have been in my twenties or thirties. But yeah, I did, and I don't remember how I found out what that was. But oh, oh I, that was your movie, first job. The movie with um Dirk Diggler. What is that movie? Oh, Mr. Big or whatever. No, what was that? Dirk I know what you mean. The Mark. Uh, Marky Mark. Yeah, it's an old one. Yeah, but I almost feel like in that movie that you, you know, there was a fluffer for him, and maybe that's when I found out. Oh, were you an extra? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, I just saw the movie, and no, oh. yeah. <laughs> the movie. That's when I. That's what I was going to uh, say. You were the fluffer. Um, oh yeah, but anyway, that's that's enough about that silliness. So anyway, um, well, this is fantastic. So, what's your website for people to go to if they want to find out about you? It's uh, Rick. Dot com. So, Sudi Rick. My legal name is Sudi. I go by Rick. So, www.sudirick.com. And, um, yeah, I have my songs on there that I wrote. I got some uh, info about the, the book and the movie and um, a couple and other. You're, you're going to be Grand Marshal or something on July 4th? Yeah, uh, this is uh, so Blake Allwood's book club or something. He's doing this big thing on July 4th weekend um, with, I guess, gay and lesbian, I think, authors. Of, of books, um, most of them are fiction. My my book is actually nonfiction, but um, he uh, asked me to be the grand marshal for. It. I guess it's an all weekend things, and they're going to give giveaways of books. And uh, he did an interview with me that'll be shown. Um, I think it starts at eight in the morning California time, and then eleven a.m. East Coast time. And um, so what? It, it's called like a, a book um, virtual book event. Uh, and um, so yeah, he said, oh. Like he says, I want someone famous to be, to be the grand marshal. I said, well, you better look somewhere else. <laughs> no, but would you have a book out in the movie and stuff? And so, like, um, but so that was really cool that he asked me, and I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to do yet. But um, yeah, that's uh, it, it. Should be fun. I and uh, it's a little early. It's on July 4th and 5th, uh, and old. And um, so, if people check that on on his, I think, Facebook page. Um, yeah. It'll give all that information. And my right. Facebook page is, is under Sudi Rick also, I think. Or Rick. Sometimes I, I, I reverse them. Rick Sudi or Sudi Rick. And then the last name is Karatash, which, again, no one's going to pronounce right. But it's K-A-R-A-T-A-S, um, which is the town in Turkey that my father is from, actually. But that's actually the name of the town. Oh. Wow. Your father was famous. Well, I was famous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. I think that's great. And and so uh, I'll put that on also. I'll let people know, and if they're on our website, they can find out. And uh, I'll mention that you're going to be the Grand Marshal and the stripper for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they... Um, I'm going to have to lose 
do that. <laughs> yeah, virtual tips. There you go. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, it does, hey, does all this stuff sort of bother you, like the uh, COVID and, and all the all – the, there's a lot of protests going on probably in different areas and stuff where you are. Um, does that affect you in your writing? I ask this of a lot of writers, so. You know, it's interesting how I, th- I would think most writers – I mean, unless you get it, let it get you really, really down and down, which is maybe easy to do, especially if you have the TV on, like – but – in a way, because they're stuck, you're kind of stuck at home a lot more than you normally would be. I mean, writers, when they're home, though, they have a lot of writing to do usually. So, it, a lot of people I'm hearing are there that aren't writers or aren't creative. They're really bored or they're going out of their minds. And I'm like, oh my god, I have all this stuff I am working on or can be working on, and this allows me kind of to do that because it's less stuff going on out there. Um, so, in a way, it's given me more time to write. I mean, I finished two scripts. I finished a Christmas script and a um, uh, a wacky horror comedy script, which I never write horror, but it's called "You Should Have Cast Me." I bet all these casting directors getting killed in the, on the wall in blood. It says you should should have cast me, so it looks like an actor, or a disgruntled actor did it, which could be any number of a hundred thousand people in LA. But um, so for me, I, I try to be as productive as I can, and uh, but it, um, and I'm guessing because of what's going on, maybe people are writing darker stuff because that's kind of the mood. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, but the, I don't know if maybe this is where you were going with that question. It, because of COVID, a lot of things have changed. So things that you're writing now won't, you know, people are in masks everywhere. They can't just go on an airplane. They can't just go, and we don't know how long that's going to last. So all these stories, I'm thinking about some of the ones I've written already. Um, there's things that have changed even now that it, it just depends what happens in the next year. All the storylines are going to change in whatever you're writing because there's certain things you used to be able to do you can't now, and certain things are different. So uh, that's a good question, I, and I'm guessing it's that you said you talked to a few writers of what? Oh yeah, I ask. I've been asking almost every writer now for the last probably month, so um, twenty or thirty now at least I've asked. So, uh, but most people actually, most writers, you're right. Most writers are just doing it and aren't really affected because they're used to being a homebody or used to being that type of a person. Um, so they're not really uh, feeling the effects. There's been like maybe one out of every ten that says that their writing has become very dark because of their mood. So they still write, but they feel they're almost writing from the dark side, the negative side of something than more of a positive. So I, that was that was one change I've heard. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see because uh, I would think it's still going to have an effect. Like I write, but I do true crime, so I'm writing from reality. I'm not writing so much about feeling, you know. Like I'm not as expressed in it as a lot of other writers do. So I I I have a problem writing because I feel very dark right now. So I don't know. I don't know. I just it's, I just find it interesting. Uh, yeah. Because the process people have when they uh, put together some work. And dark stuff sells. I mean, I wish I could write dark, like Ozark and those kind of shows. And I, you know, I just, that's not my, I just used to do comedy or, you know, I did one kind of courtroom drama, which, but even in that, there's a few little spots that hopefully people LOL, you know, because it's funny, yeah. <laughs> a relief moment. But, um, yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, this definitely affects everyone. It has, you know, and it, there's a part of me that I'm a Gemini, so part of me is like likes to stay in and reclusive and do my writing, and the other half likes to go out and into these to the screenings and the SAG screenings and the films and the. But um, 
but I always try to make the best of everything. Like, okay, let me use this time to even organize stuff that I haven't, you know, done in oh, forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know uh, that. Um, and so now, now the biggest question I have for you, and this is the most important. <laughs> Do you hate Alexa or... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny you said. that. People that don't know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> once in a while, I'll film something with Alexa where I ask her a stupid question or... Um, you know, and I just did the first one without my shirt on, so they all had to follow. Someone said you should just keep doing them without your shirt on. Shirt on, and so all I just ask these weird questions and uh, do these funny little uh, and just spur the moment. I don't write them; I just kind of do whatever. And then if it comes out kind of cute, I, I post it on Instagram or Facebook. So that's what you're talking about. No, I actually well, I like Alexa, except a lot of questions she doesn't know the answer to. So I I do get frustrated. But <laughs> the best thing was I asked Alexa. I said, Alexa. Who wrote the book Rainbow Relatives? And she said, the author of the book Rainbow Relatives, Real World Stories and Advice on How to Talk to Kids is Sudi Karatis. So she almost pronounced it right. But that was like, that was like, wow, Alexa knows who I am. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's funny you asked for that. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I thought it was funny. Especially when you go like ask Alexa who, who she is. Now, is that, is that the real response? You don't set that up. You just sort of ask the question, right? Yeah, well, and sometimes she'll give a couple different answers, and I realize that, so I'll start recording it, and like, wait, that wasn't the answer she just gave, and I wanted the other answer, so sometimes I have to go back. And for that one, what's funny is I hadn't posted an Alexa thing in forever, and my mom sent me this text the other day, oh, ask Alexa who she is, and she gives all these funny different answers. So I asked Alexa, and she gave the same one serious answer like three times in a row, and it was like, this isn't funny. And then I asked her, and she did the singing and all that, and that's the one I recorded, um, but I didn't. She didn't do anything else. So I don't know if my mom was hearing something else. I wasn't. Or, but um, my mom. My mom usually only texts me if there's an earthquake out here to make sure I'm okay. But so this <laughs> she at work. <laughs> oh, I tell you, life is funny. Oh well. Yeah. I, I put Alexa in one of my scripts as I have a, a, a an awards ceremony going on, and Bruce Valanche is co-hosting it with Alexa. It's very funny. I don't know if this will ever get made, and but I had fun writing it. And anyway. Well, you sound like a fun person to be around. Well, that's fantastic. Well, time is running out, but I appreciate you being on the show. We're going to have um, your website and everything linked up to ours, so people listening can just go one click. They'll find you. So um, thank you very much for being here, and it's uh, Sudi Karatosh. Karatosh, yes. Thank you for having me. I'm it was a lot there. of fun <laughs> talking with both of, you, both of you. I really enjoyed it. You both asked really good questions and stuff. So. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> We've been around. <laughs> to find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you. If you're lying to me. I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.